Could you tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, goodness. I didn't have breakfast at all. And that's why I was so hungry this afternoon. Welcome to episode 70 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. Returning to the podcast is my good friend, LaToya Cooper, the songstress, who I met at the CD Baby conference in 2019, and we heard from way back in episode 23. We find out what LaToya has been up to with both her music, Music Meets the Boardroom, and her new Music Meets the Boardroom podcast. Part of this episode also doubles as an episode for that very podcast, where LaToya interviews me about this podcast and my work with merch at the Skinny Armadillo. LaToya shares info about her work on an upcoming film soundtrack and the books she'll be releasing, along with some important information about trademarking. The last few episodes, I've decided to concentrate on mental health and emotional intelligence, as I truly believe more resources concentrated in this area will result in a great benefit to society as a whole. That being said, although it is extremely important to take time out, disconnect from media outlets, meditate and promote your own self-healing, both physically and mentally, it is equally important to not become complacent in standing strong and making changes to how you think and how you interact with the world. Today, specifically, I want to talk about the places you spend your money from the perspective of political affiliations, health, and also environmental concerns. My particular strategy is to look at the products I buy and the stores I buy from and determine if they are aligned with the values I represent. From human rights how they treat their employees, and what they are doing to help the environment. As a generalization, there are definite parallels between companies that do the right thing for both the planet and for humans. Forward-thinking companies are generally cognizant of being ethical in various different areas. As I have mentioned before, it is obvious that money is incredibly influential in how companies operate, and if people stop spending their money on products that fund oppression or questionable environmental practices, then they will inevitably cease operations in that manner from consumer pressure. In fact, I have read several articles that racism and environmental concerns are deeply interlinked, at the very least in the US. It's not difficult to see that people of color statistically live in poorer communities and are at a higher risk for various diseases and conditions, and those areas have worse environmental situations due to pollution and other factors. The large companies take a dump on whoever they can get away with, which ends up being minorities. I have seen some great resources being set up recently that list minority-owned businesses that you can support. I will always advocate buying local and supporting small businesses wherever possible, and the fact is, if you decide to support these minority-owned businesses, you will be supporting those communities that need the most help and funneling money away from the larger corporations who may or may not be operating ethically. So buy local, spend ethically, and make sure your purchases are supporting human rights and a clean environment. People's lives are most definitely at stake. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am joined again by LaToya Cooper, also known as... The Song Strings. Very, very oh, I good. I haven't sang anything today, so hopefully that came out okay. Great. So <laughs> we, we, we uh, met LaToya, or well, I met LaToya... Uh, all the way back last year at the CD Baby conference, but you guys heard her in episode 23. Um, so yeah, so welcome to the podcast and uh, thank you for being here. What have you been up to in uh, the last, what, nine months, is it? Oh my goodness. It has been moving so fast and um, it's been really exciting. So much is going on. Um, I know that we met at the um, CD Baby Conference. And believe it or not, I was asked to be a guest speaker this year. Awesome. To come back and actually speak. And because of COVID, it 
had to be canceled, canceled this year, yeah. but I'm looking forward totally to bummed. this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. Let's. I'm. I'm definitely planning on being there next year, so that'll be really cool. So, what were you? Uh, what were you end up going to end up speaking about? Well, we we kind of talked about several different topics, um, but I believe the topic that we chose was being ready for opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that really look like? And, um, you know, for some of us, some elements may seem very familiar, but there's, but not to everyone, you know, what does that look like? You know, being ready for opportunity, having a website, um, having everything together professionally, having high resolution images, having your bio together, you know, just lots of things like that, that um, some of us, like I said, may think are simple and kind of, we already kind of know, but a lot of people don't who are new to the game. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, Has there been any new music? Are you working on stuff? Like, where can we hear some more? cool tracks you know okay so when COVID happened I just was like this is the season to kick out new music we're at home we have no distractions kind of thing and something told me take a step back that it wasn't the season to to put out any new music Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay um and I totally agree I just have not had that kind of deep creative bug you know when it comes to singing music um I have been I have been still working on my voice and working with my vocal coach to keep it, you know, together and healthy and things like that. But I don't think it's time to release any new music. I did work on, I did sing on a short film soundtrack uh, about a month ago or something like that. So that should be coming out uh, through their particular platform at some point. Um, But other than that, that's about it so far. Awesome. Well, tell us about that. That sounds really interesting. What's the film? If you can talk about it, I guess. Um, I, I can't release the name of the film as of yet, but um, I partnered up. Oh, this is amazing. I'm going to have to connect you with this gentleman, okay? Yeah. So um, here in Dallas, there's a gentleman who worked in Los Angeles for many years as a composer for sitcoms. Okay. And he lives now here in Dallas, and he still does um, some work for the Discovery Channel and other types of shows and for short films and things like that. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, he'll call me to come in and do some of the background vocals for the different projects. And um, it's very interesting how I got attached and, and connected with him. So he had reached out to a mutual friend of mine, I guess, searched via email and reached out to him and said, Hey, I need some female vocalists who have a certain type of range or or texture to their voice. And he recommended myself and someone else. Now, let me tell you this other lady that he recommend, she is a vocal beast. There was no way I was going (laughs) to make it in that room, (laughs) but I lucked out because she didn't respond to the request. He chose her. She didn't respond to the request. He said, you know what? She's not available. You got the job. I had less than 24 hours to learn the music. He contacted me, I think on a Saturday at 7 p.m. And I had to be in the studio Sunday at three. So I stayed up learning the music, went in. I was asked to perform one song. He ended up putting me on like four or five songs that went that well. And after that, he's been calling me back ever since. So we have a, a good friendship and working relationship. That's fantastic. So I have two questions to jump off that. Um, one so I've heard a lot of stories where, you know, like guitar players, because I listen to a lot of guitar podcasts and stuff, they'll get called for that gig. And it's like, oh, I got to learn all these these songs for like, you know, in 24 hours, which for a guitar player, staying up all night isn't that big of a deal. It is, but it isn't, um, you know, but how, as a singer, that's going to be really tough on your health, because if you don't get the sleep, like you may be able to learn the songs, but, you know, is that is that a concern when you go into the studio and you, you know, you've stayed up and learned the song, but now you're tired and your body's not ready to perform. It is. And I think that's why it's so important for artists to um, eat well, try to get as much sleep as possible, get some workout activity because it helps us kind of maintain the, Mm. the, the stress and the requirements on our body and mental health and things like that. And our vocal vocal ability so i mean it's a real factor but i mean if you got to get that job done you figure out a way to push through are you able to like uh you know get some adrenaline going and just get through the session that way or 
Yeah. I mean, when you just have that determination to succeed in whatever it is that you put your mind to, you know, I remember just walking in saying, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to give all that I can. And it worked out great. Um, it's really interesting because, and I always say that, but <laughs> for me, I actually am a better, I feel like I'm a better studio singer than I am a live performer for some reason. And it, it kind of switched because growing up, I was a better a live performer than in studio, but it's changed now. And I think part of it is because of my background with vocal training and listening to instruction well. And so when I'm in the studio with someone and they, they kind of have uh, instruction or demonstration of how they want me to tackle a vocal, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, it, in studio is a lot more easier for me. Okay. Very good. I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same way for my, my playing. I, I really like going and doing, you know, uh, session work and, and, and contributing that way. Although, um, yeah, when I saw you last Christmas, I mean, you, you, you floored, um, floored me basically just seeing you perform live. That was ridiculous. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you. You're very welcome. Um, the other thing you've been doing that I've seen a lot online, um, is music meets the boardroom. That seemed like it's, it's been growing a lot. Even despite COVID you've definitely, I've seen you've moved to the online, um, online courses rather than going into the into the uh physical rooms like how how is that has that actually benefited you yes um it's been a blessing um for music meets the boardroom the connections um being able to cut costs mm. you know and i can only imagine for other businesses kind of the same thing when you have that reevaluation of like okay do i really need a brick and border for what i do um I will say being in a room does have a special element that being online does not provide. You can't make up for it. Right. It's kind of like performing and having a live audience. It's a totally different feeling experience than, you know, performing on live um, online or something like that. Um, but yes, I, it is growing. Um, there's a lot kind of going on behind the scenes with just like connecting with people like yourself, podcasting, um, I'm in the process of finishing up my first book, you know, awesome. had, had, um, COVID It's so crazy because COVID is so tragic. Mm. Uh, at the same time, I've seen so many blessings happen for people during this time as well. I've seen people getting married and their businesses are growing and flourishing. Um, but for me, I had a chance to stop and slow down and get some things done. And I had been working on this book for like two years and hadn't had it finished. And during COVID, I've been able to get it done. So um, I'm excited to release that under the music meets the boardroom hat really soon. That's fantastic. Can you talk about what it's about? Yes. Yeah, so actually, um, I was able to finish two books. So the first one is, um, is a very specialty book. It is for a uh, female recording artists and maneuvering the business as a woman, um, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, the book talks about, uh, your spiritual gift, which really applies to anyone, male or female. It talks about leadership and confidence as a woman. I think, um, as a, a female, in a leadership role in music in a male dominated industry, sometimes there's some challenges there with using our voice and when do we use our voice and not, and, and, you know, wanting everyone to like us and, you know, things like that. And so the book kind of walks us through some elements of that area there. And there's some fun chapters in this book too. There's a, there's a chapter that talks about groupies. Okay. <laughs> I, here's I find this fascinating because you, when you think about groupies, right, you think about, you know, the Rolling Stones and, you know, all these big celebrities who have all these women and, and some of these female artists that have these men chasing after them. But we don't ever really talk about how that happens at more of a local level, because it is mm. real at the local level, too. You don't think that the local band down the street playing at the pub has any fans, like mega fans or whatever, but they do. And it's a very interesting experience. And I think because we don't talk about it, and especially in the female space, um, I wanted to explore that and kind of open that up. I'm like, oh my goodness, people, like this is real. <laughs> so, yeah. So, is there a, so here's a question. Speaking of the Rolling Stones and the 60s, is, is there a Dallas version, a modern day Dallas version of the Plasticasters? I don't know. Do you know what the Plasticasters were? 
No, that's what I'm like. I don't know. <laughs> so there were a group of women groupies back in the 60s, and they made plaster casts of their male uh, musicians that they liked. They go follow them. You know, they, they made plaster casts of the male. Oh, like yeah. an image. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no. Like the body part. The body part. Oh, I think I might have heard something about that. It's a pretty famous story, like Hendrix and, and um, yeah, Rolling Stones all had theirs done, and oh, oh, like The Who, and it, it's there's documentaries on it, but I, I yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, it, yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's fascinating to me because, you like I said, we talk about these mega celebrities who kind of deal with this and have this going on in their lives, but we don't think about how it affects us and touches us at the local level, right. you know, especially if we have, we've met someone and then they become our manager, you know, what is that dynamic? How does that affect our, you know, our lives um, with how that moves and things of that nature? Um, are we, is someone coming into our life that, that means good, that's going to be supportive mm. or take us or pull us away from our gift, sure. you know? So um, these are topics that uh, affect everyone in the creative space at, at any level yeah i mean i think that's a really good psychological topic because i i th there's a few um people that i've interviewed where like the spouse is the manager or the or the publicist and you know who else is going to be your your uh you need to be have someone that's your advocate you know and a manager that you may may or may not be doing it for the money but a spouse or a brother or a cousin you know someone that's you know, there's definitely big, uh, big stars back in the day that got um, blindsided, and you know, their their family didn't do the right thing. But generally speaking, you would hope that your family member is going to be, you know, in your corner. But yeah, that that's that's a definite um, that's a definite interesting point. But I want I wonder though, as far as the 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 groupy part of it, um, you know, it like when when I Back in the day when I see these uh, these guitar players on these magazines, they were untouchable. We didn't have social media. And now I'm doing things like the podcast, and I've interviewed some pretty big names so far. Um, and it just, it like, going from a teenager seeing these, these untouchable people, now they're like, yeah, you can just go message them. Um, I wonder if the psychological part of being a groupie, even on the local level, is they're doing something that I can't do and it's amazing and they just can't fathom how to get, get from A to B to be that good at an instrument or whatever. Um, yeah. It, I don't know where I'm going with that, but well, you, get, no, you get the point. Yes. And you're on the right track because I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is an artist here locally and she has a fairly decent following mm -hmm. in her eyes. She's just like you and me. Right. Right. But people who encounter her, even though she may not be someone who's, you know, on the Grammy stage as of yet, she's a star is a star at any level. You know, that's how stars are discovered. Their light is shining. You can see their full star potential. And so people can see that at any level. And so mm. um, I actually had a conversation with her that you have to be aware of how people see you. You know, you, people see you as a star and even though you're not quite aware of that shining light on you, people are. And so you can have people, you can have uh, groupies at any level. Once again, a star is a star at any level. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Did you say the other, the other book you were doing? I don't think yes, did. it's actually a children's book. Oh, cool. <laughs> Out of all things, right? So I just had this moment. I said, you know what? I'm going to write a, a short children's book. And this, the children's book is um, from two perspectives. It's, it's basically outlining the life of someone who's born with a talent and a gift and, and internally is aware that they need to support and share this gift. And it also is designed to help parents understand their children who have wow a gift and that's born with a creative, um, you know, advantage or something like that. So I'm excited about that as well. And uh, I haven't decided when I'm going to release the children's book as of yet, but the first book is going to be released um, the beginning of January of 2021. Awesome. If, if, if the world doesn't end by then. <laughs> so, yeah. Next up, you'll hear the section of the conversation recorded for LaToya's own podcast, Music Meets the Boardroom.
Hey, superstars. This is Latoya Cooper, the songstress. Welcome back to the Music Meets the Boardroom podcast, where we connect ambitious artists like yourself with the right tools and resources to build a strong business foundation. This week, we are joined by an amazing artist and podcaster in so many other wonderful elements, and we're going to get a chance to speak with him and explore more of his background. Everyone, please help me welcome Simon Pellet. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me on. And congratulations on your podcast. It's doing Thank well. You. Thank you so much. You have been a tremendous support, light, and inspiration with um, Music Me Support Room podcast, as well as many other people that you connect with and support um, in regards to your podcast. Now, you have a podcast that's called Music on Your Own Terms. Please share a little bit Indeed. about that with us. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so basically, it's to uh, promote the entrepreneur to promote the entrepreneurial mindset to to musicians, um, and I do I interview people about their successes, um, you know, their learning from their failures, how, what their strategies are, um, and I also talk about mental health because that's very important to me, having struggled with depression and anxiety for a long time. Um, yeah, and so basically, the history of it is. Uh, I was, when I was living in New Hampshire, I was playing in a, a fairly successful band and I just kept hearing, oh, you can't make me money with music because of streaming, you know, and, and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm just thinking, well, how about flipping the, the script and saying, how can I make music? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, and it's been, uh, it's been a great journey. I've gotten out of my elephant, eh, out of my elephant, out of my element, um, kind of nervous because i'm on video now i've just i'm just conscious now that i'm gonna be broadcast to people i'm usually behind the microphone and, well, and you, people don't see me i know and it's a crazy thing because i was talking to a, a, a co-worker of mine and she was like well you're an artist you're an artist you know you should love all these different things and this comes natural and i'm like you, most artists believe it or not we're introverts most of us <laughs> you know we you know we we love what we do. There's a calling for us to do it, but it's not something necessarily that we don't get nervous about still like for anybody sure. else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean the whole, I think subconsciously starting a podcast was my, my, my uh, other self kind of saying, now you need to start getting comfortable talking to people. So, so but I, you know, I've met a lot of really cool people and stayed friends with, uh, you know, a decent amount of them and met you at the CD baby conference. And it's been great. Yes, yes. So where exactly can everyone catch your podcast? And what is the main focus of your podcast? Um, so it lives, it actually lives on Podbean, but you can listen to it on any platform that, that does podcasts. And if you find one that it's not on, please let me know because I'm, I'm always trying to get it on more, more, um, you know, more podcast uh, services. Um, the main website is musiconyourownterms.com. And yeah, like I said, the the uh, the focus is just helping musicians uh, build their business and thinking thinking about their their business side of their music, you know, their music as an actual business rather than just a hobby. Um, you know, really flipping that switch and, and really keeping your mindset um, curious. So, mm -hmm. you know, really trying to avoid, I can't do it, really trying to avoid things like, I mean, even negative, uh, negative conversation. Um, I think, I think what we say to ourselves is really powerful. You can, you can tell yourself it's not going to happen or this is not going to work. But if you say it is going to work or this, this will happen. That's one thing. I think last the last episode you just put out as as of recording this, um, the 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 I forget the name of the of the person that you were interviewing, but she said, um, you know, you 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 can have that dream, but you need to put the work in, which I think is really important. You have to have a plan. So wh whatever it is that you're trying to do, um, you know, ha having a really good work ethic and having a plan together, but just. Don't tell yourself you can't do things, you know, tell yourself you can do things and it, it will happen. You know, it's kind of like a, a, a joint thing of that. I'm kind of rambling though. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, um, what we say to ourselves, like you said, is, is crucial in how we move forward and totally. your podcast. What I love about your podcast is that 
you're helping artists explore music a little deeper, having mm -hmm. those unique conversations. You are supporting artists. You're bringing forward people's music and their art and connecting community. And I love that. And I love the fact that you are an artist who has morphed into this area of podcasting and just like, you're, you're so knowledgeable about podcasting. And that's why, that's why I'm so happy that we're speaking today because I want other artists to see people like yourself who are exploring other um, realms of opportunity and even revenue for themselves and what's absolutely. truly possible. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I just talked to someone else. Uh, this will be a future episode, but uh, we were talking about how his 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 business was not music related, but you know he'd partnered up with a local brewery. I don't know if you were in Simon Tam's um, events at the CD Baby conference, but he was talking about his band and how they got their download code on sake bottles or sake bottles, and they ended up not only um, pushing the album so much more than they expected, but they actually took the the sake brand and got it into Costco which is the first ever sake wow. bottle that a sake brand that got into Costco based on their particular album. So I think these partnerships with, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a big brand, but it can be a small uh, craft brewery. Well, I've already said craft brewery, but it could be a coffee brand. It could be a sandwich shop, or it could be something that connects your music with, you know, something else that can get, it could be an unexpected place, but it could get your word out and you could be mutually beneficial. So you're promoting, you know, it, it's just like endorsement. So if you're if you're endorsing a company and they're, they're giving you uh, like a free instrument or, or an instrument that's, you know, at cost, let's say, um, those endorsement deals are really two-sided. It's not about them giving you free free gear. It's about you promoting each other and being mutually beneficial. And I think that works for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, your background is not only rich just in podcasting, but you're also very rich and knowledgeable when it comes to merch, mm -hmm. branding and things like that. So I would love to just take some time and talk a little bit more about that area as artists um, are growing and watching this as well. So when should artists start entertaining the thought of merch? Uh, as soon as they start releasing music, um, you know, and 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 I think what I think a, a a hurdle for a lot of people is the the money it takes to set up that because obviously, you know, you're a brand new band, you have some music, you know, you're releasing it, you you have to have something to go along with it because we all know that streaming, even though there is money in it to a point. It's still on the very low level. Um, but again, it's it's that whole thing that the industry has morphed into something completely different. And now our music is not really our product. Our music is our business card that we give away. And we have to find other ways of generating revenue. So merch is one of the biggest. I, I Off the top of my head, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's, it's a pretty big number of what the industry is worth. Um, but yeah, you, you don't have to go out to a printing company and spend hundreds of dollars on a bunch of merch that as a young band, you don't even know what's going to sell well. So that's, you know, I think we're in a space now with the internet that you can sell a shirt before you've made one, you know, you can sell any product that, that, you know, it, um, as long as you have a good design, then you can put that up on a store and say, all right, this is a limited run. We, we, we're kind of pre-selling it. And you do a two-week run. And at the end of two weeks, if you don't, if you sell two, then obviously, you know, either you, you try and find someone that's going to make you two shirts or you just say, sorry, we, we can't do it right now. It's something happened and you refund the money. And, and that's how a lot of the GoFundMe pages get set up. Um, but like for I work at um, Skinny Armadillo, which I've mentioned many times on my podcast. Um, and so we're able to put up a web store and we're able to print certain items, not everything, but we're able to print quite a lot of things on demand. Um, so that means that if you have a if you have a shirt on your artist store, you can actually advertise it. You can say, hey, we got these shirts available. And then 
someone like us can print on demand, mail direct, and then you're earning revenue through you know, you're earning revenue through your web store and there's there's no waste. You don't have shirts that are left over that you can't sell because you know, no one's buying them because right. you need a new design. You know, there, there, there's so many ways you can do things nowadays with, with the technology. Um, and they're actually becoming easier and easier. It's not difficult to set up a website anymore. You know, back when I was starting on the internet, you know, back in the dark ages, you had the awful text graphics and it was impossible to put something up. You know, now you can set up a website in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. It, it's really easy. And, and that's true. And you hit on a really great point when you said, you know, now music is shift, you know, it shifted. Mm -hmm. Music used to be the main revenue, you know, channel and it's shifted where music is the business card. It Absolutely. is what, you know, it helps get you in the door. Now what happens at that point? And so we were just talking about earlier um, before um, this podcast is being ready for opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we're in the door, we've got the business card and the merch, having our website set up, having something for our fans to be able to buy, to understand our brand is really important in our, in our walk. Um, I will say this, and you kind of helped me with this. You kind of mm. like, Latoya, get this together. <laughs> I, I didn't know what I wanted to sell as an artist. You know, what was reflective of my brand? Right. I didn't want to just give my fan anything. I wanted to give them something that really connected to the songstress, whomever mm -hmm. that is, right? Um, and that took time. Absolutely. I did want to touch on one thing, though. So your, your existing um, shirts are not with our company, which I'm hoping to change, but... Um, one thing that did stick out to me, though, is when you released your um, your stories, when I sent you those shirts, what was the thing that you said um, when you touched the shirt? Great quality. Right. It. You said, oh, it's so soft. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of people don't give that that much thought. You go to a big show and they're pumping out lower quality. I'm not going to say that all the shirts are crap. Some are. Some of the cheapest shirts you can get and they're crappy quality and you're spending $35 to $40 on this shirt. Big artist, you know, and you would think, well, what the... the so in the industry, those, those softer shirts, the better quality ones, are really not that much more expensive to, to, to buy as a, as a wholesaler or as a, as a manufacturer. So they're just... It looks like from, from the outset is they're just trying to squeeze every penny out of the fans, why wouldn't you want to give your, your fans something better quality that's nicer to wear? You, it's something that you're going to want to put on because it's your favorite shirt because it feels so good rather than this itchy shirt that's kind of cheap. Um, and I think that's kind of the difference. If you, if you think about like the quality of the artwork, the quality of the shirt, and the quality of how it's been printed... Um, you know, all those things make a better product and you can sell them for more. You don't necessarily have to because they're, they're, they're not, I'm not going to say they're, you know, dirt cheap to make. Obviously, uh, overheads and, and processing does add money to it. But if it's a case of a couple of bucks, why not spend the extra couple of bucks on something that's actually good quality and it's going to last and it's going to, um, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to feel good to wear. Yeah, I agree with you 110%. I had a conversation with my sister um, because I had given her a shirt and um, I didn't really think anything about quality. I, you and I, we've had conversation about shirts and things like that, but it goes over my head. I'm still learning mm -hmm. um, the level of quality in the shirts, but um, I had given her a shirt and she says, oh my gosh, I love this shirt because it's so soft and comfortable. So she wears the shirt because she likes the way it feels. Yes, she wants the support, but first and foremost, this is my favorite shirt because it's comfortable. And mm -hmm. so if, like you said, if the product is comfortable and inviting and interesting and, you know, comfy, they're going to wear it all the time. And there you go. Marketing tenfold has just went up and, and, and it is worth a few extra dollars here and there. Absolutely. And that goes on to the artwork itself. Like get, get 
spend a few dollars on on a graphic artist that can do something that a represents your brand but looks really cool like it's it's all very well having you know whatever your maybe your logo is is cool and it you know you got the classic artists that have cool logos back in the day you know maybe it's just your name and you know is someone going to say well that's a really cool shirt if it's just your name maybe if it's a good font but if you've got some cool eye catching you know design on there then it's more likely to sell and you know there's definitely been um cases where people buy a shirt that they like the design even though they don't like the artist or don't even know who the artist is they'll just be like wow that's a cool shirt um and then your you know your branding goes even further so spend a bit of money and find someone that um, you know, you can get stuff on Fiverr and, and that's, you may find someone that's good and, you know, you keep working with them and that's great. Um, but there's definitely other artists around that, you know, maybe align with your brand. So, hmm. you know, whether you're a metal band, there's definite metal artists that out there that do some really cool stuff. Just find someone that, you know, go, go look at a bunch of shirts and find, find some artwork you like, find out who did the artwork and then go, go contact them and say hey can you design something for me and you know the obviously you're gonna get kind of get what you pay for if you if you just spend a couple of bucks on fiverr you may get lucky but you may get something that sucks honestly yeah that's true it is a gamble you definitely want to take some time and do some research and find the best fit um and thank you for sharing your knowledge about uh merch um before we leave today, I definitely would like for you to just uh, share again a little bit more about the company you work with and how people okay. who are watching can get in touch with your business. Um, but before we do that, I want to take a second and just ask, what's next for your podcast? Oh, musiconyourownterms.com. So, um, actually, the the gentleman that I I I just said about the surfboard company, um, working with the the uh, um, craft beer. Uh, company so i actually he did a ted talk and, and we'll i'm not sure what episode it's going to be but it's it's coming up in the next couple of weeks um i don't want to share too much about him specifically because i'll wait to the episode um but i he did a ted talk and it started getting me me like my brain started turning i'm like has my podcast become kind of a um am i just running on on autopilot just interviewing bands and doing this you know, and I really started thinking, well, I really want to separate my audience from my um, my guests because I'm trying to help artists more. So I'm really trying to refocus my, um, you know, my uh, interviews and get them to the point where I'm really starting to learn new things from entrepreneurs um, and musicians that are really doing some interesting marketing techniques stuff that's outside of the box that you wouldn't normally uh think about um and i think i think that's indicative of people in general kind of kind of like to go the easy route a little bit and don't like they see other people doing the you know the the band um gigs and then they they do they release their music and they they do merch but they don't really think about the intricacies of marketing themselves like they're just go, do, going with the flow and they're not thinking outside of the box and then um they kind of question well i'm not making any money but they don't ask themselves why and they don't push that envelope and i think if you if you go and find people who are not in the same industry um you can start to look at things that are a little bit different and it might you might be able to apply it to your own business um so yeah, I'm I so basically going forward, I think my podcast is going to morph a bit more into um learning new cool techniques and new new things so that musicians can kind of say, "Oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to try that and hopefully get better at what they're doing." Um and I, yeah, I really just want my podcast to reach a wider audience, so I'm I'm really going to kind of uh dig down and see what my uh avatar is. Um, so maybe I can, I can market better and reach people that really need to hear it. And I think what I'm going to do is actually take every 
I don't know, every 10 episodes, I'm going to do like a lessons learned episode where I break down what I, what I think has been learned and what, what good topics. So people can really like a compendium. So right. people can hit that episode and say, oh, you know, they can write notes from 10 episodes or they can just see this one episode and kind of write the, uh, a real quick way of uh, getting that information out to people. Right. I love the fact that you just shared how, you know, you're reevaluating, you know, you reevaluate, okay, where are we? Where do I want to go? Does it look like how I want it to look like? Is it set up for how I want to move? And these are conversations as artists or any business should be having at various levels in our growth and in our business. So thank you for sharing that dynamic with us. Um, so I'm excited to see the direction that you move or decide to go with your podcast. And um, before we leave today, and you share a little bit more about your business and people can get in touch sure. with you, would you be willing to share um, one lesson learned that you've learned that may be valuable to a, a viewer or a listener today? From business or from the podcast or from music? Oh, that's good. Um, let's just say business. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's just preempt, preempt my, uh, my answer while I think of the answer. Um, you know, I, obviously I'm from England. Um, I moved to, uh, new England and for the last 18 years prior to moving to Texas, I actually worked in, uh, a, uh, an automotive company. So engineering based, uh, I was doing design and wasn't really happy. So, I mean, this could be a lesson learned in itself that I was very comfortable after 18 years. It, it was kind of a good move. You know, my wife's job changed. So we moved to Texas because of that. Absolutely happy. I don't have to deal with snow anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think don't get too comfortable. That that's a very good lesson learned. Mm -hmm. I'm now in a position where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help or I hope I'm helping artists with my podcast you know, I'm doing music for other people and, and contributing to their art. Um, and I work at a screen printing company, which I'll talk about in a second, where I'm helping artists with their merch business. Um, so everything I really do now is music related, which, um, yeah, and, and, and it took moving halfway across the country to do, but um, no, it's, it's, it's a really good position to be in now. Um, but yeah, don't get too comfortable and keep trying to do things. If, if, if something doesn't feel right, you know, stop doing it, I guess. But you, you always have to enjoy what you're doing. Um, I've learned for very clearly over the last, you know, couple of decades that I'm not, mo money does not motivate me at all. Like I have to be doing something I enjoy. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm there with you. I learned that about uh, 28, 29. I had mm -hmm. a light bulb came on and said, what am I chasing and why? <laughs> yep. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, just don't get complacent. Just yeah, don't get complacent. Be, be, be the best you can be. Keep being curious and, and don't get comfortable. Yeah, thank you for that. That's very important. And that applies to anyone, not just in our creative space, but anyone who's watching or listening don't get complacent, don't get comfortable, um, and don't give up on what it right. is that you want. Absolutely. So how can everyone get connected with you um, in regards to merch? Okay, so uh, you can go to theskinnyarmadillo.com. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, we're, we're just west of Fort Worth. Um, we we have a lot, quite a large roster of artists. Um I'm really hoping to expand, um, you know, we, we are in general, I don't own the company, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, we, we're, uh, we, we do a lot with Americana artists right now. So we're looking, I'm a metalhead, so I want to get as many metalheads as I can. Um, but any, any genre, you know, I'm, I, I have a large interest in different music styles, but I, I really love helping artists, you know, create the best quality artwork and, and merch that they can. So just a quick rundown of what we can offer. You know, we have full color screen printing, which is traditional screen printing. We have digital printing, um, which is a higher resolution. So you can do photographic prints on t-shirts. Um, we do laser engraving now. 
Um, we do embroidery, full color embroidery. Um, you know, hot press vinyl. We do sublimation. Um, just a whole host of different promo products that we can offer. Um, and if we can't do it in house, we in house we definitely have a you know an outsource provider that we can work with. And obviously, be, being a um, a print shop, we have you know um, we have our own discount price pricing through our suppliers. So it's usually we can usually get the best price for anything. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth is a really good place to to be for uh, print shops. There's at least five or six different companies that that have merchandise or have um, supply blank t-shirts and apparel. So, um, which is really great because if we get a last minute order prior to COVID, we could actually go pick it up same day. Actually, they're not letting us do that. So we can get pretty much anything next day, which is a really good position to be in. Um, quick turnarounds. We, we can build stores. We can, um, you know, drop ship. So if, if you build a store with us, you can send us your CDs, your other merch, and then we can print your T-shirts for you and, and people buy on the site. You don't have to touch anything. We just, it comes into us, you know, we pack it, we print, we package, we ship, um, and then you get a check at the end. Well, nice, so. nice, nice. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for being here today, Simon, and sharing your your journey, your podcast, um, what you're doing um, in regards to supporting artists with merch and everything like that. Make sure you find him. Make sure mm. you go call and, and email and look up the print company and make sure you take the time to listen to Music on Your Own Terms podcast, everyone. Thanks to LaToya for having me on her podcast. But enough with my yakking. Here's the rest of the episode proper. I don't think I asked you this. I don't think I was doing this when I interviewed you the first time. So what significant negative experience have you overcome and what did it teach you? Significant negative experience. Um, you know, I think we have, we have talked about this. Well, no, no, there's a new one. I got a latest one. Okay. <laughs> um, well, believe it or not, about a year and a half ago, I had dealt with a domestic violence, uh, situation. I was in a relationship and, um, it became, you know, not a healthy relationship. Um, and the interesting thing about that is I spent five years prior to that experience helping other women volunteering at a center of um, where women of domestic violence and survivors and people who are escaping their abusers would go to get um, educational services so that they could get better jobs and live and survive and support themselves. Did that for five years. Every week, I would go and volunteer for two to three hours for five years. Loved it. I was committed to it. And then about a year and a half or so after that, I found myself in a domestic situation and I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, how did I get here? I was, mm. I'm the person who helps people get out of these situations. How did I get here? With that said, um, one thing that I'm grateful for is that by that point in my life, I realized that every situation, it's not one person's fault, you know, mm -hmm. two parties involved. And then also, um, every situation happens for a reason in your life. And what is it that you're supposed to learn and take away from it so that you, it doesn't repeat itself. Right. So I went into that mode cause I said, I do not want to be here again. Um, and, um, what I took away from that situation was one, I was, thank God it happened at a time in my life that I was confident. I knew who I was. I knew what I deserved in my life and what I didn't have to tolerate. Um, I was, I was in a situation where I was comfortable and confident enough to walk away. And that reassured me of what I had been building and what had been, um, kind of just growing inside of me uh, as a woman. And then also um, there was a few things that I did discover about myself um, that I didn't know prior and had, believe it or not, had I not met, th met this particular person, I would not be sitting here talking to you right now because prior to that relationship, I had never been on really on camera. And 
this person actually um was always kind of like wanting me to be in front of the camera which was a great thing that came out of that relationship and after that i'm i'm comfortable being here and talking to you in these type of situations um so that was a, a blessing that came out of that relationship not the abuse part but the relationship mm -hmm. but um like i said everything happens for a reason so that was a tragic moment um but it taught me to 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 continue to be confident in myself and to be confident in my judgment of uh how to move forward in decision making and also to forgive myself that has been a struggle in my life for a long time um but but the power of self-forgiveness mm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. So would, would you say, um, you know, working with the, uh, with the women prior and, and, and after that, that experience, do you think you have more empathy just because you lived it? I have a totally different perspective. It mm. added a totally different perspective before I was sensitive to it, but now Okay, so sometimes you'll hear people say, well, why does that woman stay in that relationship? Why doesn't she get out? And I, and I never judged a woman. I wasn't one of those people who said that, said that, but have gone through the situation. Now I understand why people stay. And people who have comments about that, oh, if they didn't understand how much more damage they are creating with not being sensitive to what's ha really happening because of mm. not, not having that personal experience. Our society is not set up to really support victims of domestic violence. They, the, they don't have nowhere to go. And, and had I stayed in that situation longer, I may not have had a place to go. I may not have had access to my money. I may not have access, but I was smart enough that boom, nope, get out quick. You know, I got out really, really quick. But had I waited a few more months, it may have been a different situation for myself. Mm -hmm. I may have still found myself in that situation for a long period of time. You know, you can have an abuser, whether it's a woman or a man, they'll, they'll take over your finances. You know, you won't have access to money to get out. Um, after my situation happened, I didn't feel comfortable in my place. And um, I lived alone. I was, I couldn't sleep. I didn't know if this person was going to show up on my step, if they were going to come over and, and do some harm to me or whatever. I actually spent three weeks at a hotel wow. because I was too afraid to stay in my place. But here's the thing. I had the money to stay at that hotel. Mm -hmm. But just imagine if I didn't have the funds to do that. Right. It wasn't cheap. Hotels are how much a night? Yeah, hundred you know, plus. Hundred plus. I couldn't call. You know, who was I going to call? That's going to help me. You know, it, you're left on your own, and so I understand why some people don't leave because they don't have shelter. They don't have the money to to get out. And if you leave, you don't know if this person's going to physically harm you. Um. So I just challenge people to really step back and rethink how they treat people who are victims of domestic violence, because when you're in that situation, you understand it a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, so flipping it around, though, what major positive experience has given you the encouragement to follow this journey? Um, what positive experiences have given me the, the strength to follow through with my what I'm doing now. Singing, music meets the boardroom, anything you want to answer about. Positive experiences is just seeing the difference that, um, that is making in the lives of those that I'm working with. Um, seeing artists kind of shifting from not just being artists, but being empowered to run their business. Um, one thing that I've been super just on top of right now and I'm pushing forward is trademarking. Mm. You know, that has been huge. We've been hearing so much in the news about people's content and their, their intangible properties being stolen. And there are things we can do in place to help protect that. Um, and so I've been just working to help educate artists about making that initiative and effort to do that. And the artists I've been working with have been moving forward in that. Yes, they have. Awesome. And then the final question is, what does music mean to you? Music for me is 
for me personally, it's a, it's a way for me to spiritually connect and, um, music is healing. It's joy. It's youth. It's expression. It's therapy. It's a gift, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. So this has been a fantastic conversation as always. Uh, it's great to uh, chat with you. Um, where can people find out about your podcast and where to get in contact with you and, and hear your music? Absolutely. So in regards to Music Meets the Boardroom, you can hear the podcast at Music Meets the Boardroom podcast on all podcast um, stations and channels and platforms. Um, we also have a website that's called musicmeetstheboardroom.com. There you can find our blog, you can sign up for workshops and services and things of that nature. In terms of music, latoyacooper.com latoya cooper the song stress you can find me on all musical platforms you can download my music anywhere that you like to listen to your music yes awesome thank you so much um as always it's been a fantastic conversation i really appreciate you taking the time um yeah continued success and we will uh hopefully talk soon thank you so much till next time really hope you enjoyed this episode If you're interested in supporting this podcast, and I'd be extremely grateful if you would, I have added a page on musiconyourownterms.com to allow you to do just that. On that page, I have added some eBay affiliate links to equipment I use on the podcast. If you buy anything from eBay with these links, then I earn a commission which really helps me continue to provide this great content to you, the listener. Stay up to date with the podcast and find out who I'll be interviewing in upcoming episodes before they air by signing up for the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. On the site, you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests, and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is LaToya Cooper with Hear Me Roar. Dark light in the middle of a fight. Love, hate, tell me which one do you